Hey guys, welcome back to FTK Q&A episode 7. Um, I'm here with Joel. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. You're going to be a bit you'll be a bit rusty. You haven't done one of these Q&A after yeah, you got I know. kicked off. No, I've just been <laughs> Maybe storing. Dylan and I'll run them all. <laughs> yeah, I've been storing my knowledge. So I'm ready to let it out. <laughs> Um, I can see your head, head's looking pretty big on camera here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we had we had a good uh, episode with Molly Seidel last week um, or earlier this week. Earlier in the week, so yeah. It was good. Yeah, that was um, really... In- it was good to see just, I don't know, her relaxed approach to things. Like I think everyone knows that she kind of tries to have fun with it, but I think just hearing from her, like the amount of training she does, but then she is very relaxed. And even after... Um, that episode, she was supposed to do a workout the next day and then she like kind of warmed up and said she wasn't feeling that good and so pushed it back a day. Um, really? So I think, yeah, yeah, so she's very, very flexible and like it hasn't, like I saw her out running on Sunday as well and she's like, it's like no problem. Like it's just like, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. Like That's just, just what you do. Yeah, so which is cool. Like I think a lot of people can take, I don't know, leaf out of her book and and try to keep relaxed and, and have fun yeah. with it because if, if you're not having fun with it, it's just you're not going to run your best. You're not going to – yeah, that's what I found definitely just from hearing hearing her speak. It's like especially, you know, coming up in this sport, you think – and she she suffered from the same thing where, you, you know, it was sort of her – when she was in college, it's just like you. she was surrounded by these people that just running consumed their life mm. and it did make her sort of run – good in college but it's like it's not sustainable for some people it is sustainable it really goes to show what i I found is there is no blanket rule for success as long as you take it seriously like you still have to take she obviously takes her running seriously yeah she runs like 210k a week so she exactly she still gets the work done is the thing that's it that's it and it's like i think you know even in in melbourne track club we have like plenty of successful runners that all have sort of different approaches yeah, and because everyone has different personalities as well. So everyone like has something else, something that makes them tick. So that's the way they have to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I've, I think, you know, I've, spoke, I've spoken about this before. I've sound like a bloody broken record talking about the linear path to success and how, you know, I don't, I don't believe – well, I, <laughs> I said to you before, I, I have to believe that it's – um, there is not. Otherwise, I'm, yeah. I would know that I'm not good enough. You know, I'm 28. I haven't made Olympics yet. I should quit. Technically, that's what I think. Yeah. But it's like, well, no. Uh, you know, you've got someone like Ryan Gregson who broke the Aussie 1500 record when he was 20, which yeah. in like one of the greatest performances by a 20 year old in that distance ever of all time. And he's now what 31, and he never ran, he's never run quicker. He's still yeah, had a exactly. super, super successful yeah. career over over a decade and he's still running now. He's still a great runner. But, I mean, he never ran quicker after 20. And then you've got someone like Sinead Diver who didn't even get into running, serious running until her 30s. Yeah, exactly. And, and like So, there's sort with, of, yeah. With Grego as well, like, yeah, you run this time at 20, like, all right, yeah, this is going to be like a great career. He's going to keep getting better and better. And then, like, it's a few down years. And they're like, oh, yes. he was too good. Too good when he was twenty, and then it's just yeah. like 2016. He was back to being. He ran 332, it's, came eighth the Olympics. So it's like exactly right. It's yeah. everything's different. Like no career is going to be exactly the same. And yeah, um, that's what I mean yeah. about that linear path to success sort of thing. You know, like look at Molly. It's like she had those years before. You know, in in between when she's sort of forgotten about between college and yeah. you know running a, the Olympics, running that yeah. Olympic trials. Um, and it's like now she's. 
yeah, she's killing it and she's she's a superstar. Um, but that's not to say, you know, maybe, you know, in, in the next couple of years might be quiet years for her and then she'll be back on top. Yeah, it's just exactly. sort of like, it just goes to show, I think, I think for the, like, especially recreational runners who is, they, they make up most of our listener base. Um, I think they attach themselves to the, you know, hearing the hardcore stories and the, and the crazy stories of people being so serious and, oh, you know, I can't have a beer on a Saturday night because I've got my long run on Sunday. And it's like, that's not, that doesn't always work. It doesn't always work like that. And you see these people that are just so serious and so serious and then they get on race day, they're like lining up and they're freaking out and they're, it's like, oh shit, this is what I've been working for for the last 12 months. Oh no, oh no. And it's like then the race doesn't go to plan. It's like you just need to chill out a bit. Yeah, exactly. I think it's there's always lessons you can learn from each person. And Yeah. All right, let's just get into some of these questions because that's not even a question. Um <laughs> I thought we we're just going to summarize the episode for the next half. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if people saw this, but Gabriella Stafford, who runs for Bauman, um, did a post about leaving Bauman, um, and the because of the cloud of Shelby Houlihan looming over Bauman Track Club. And um, so, what do we think of this? Is the question. Yeah. Well, well, but also, like, what do you think of? Yeah, I don't know. Being associated with. Like, I don't know, like Bauman being associated with like drug cheat and stuff like that. Well, I think first first and foremost, you have to make your decision whether you believe her story or not. That's like the, the, the first thing you have to look at. And like for me, if you're asking me personally, I don't. I think it's bullshit. And I yeah. I think she I think she cheated. That's my per, personal opinion. Um, there's just too much bullshit in that story and it's just, just ridiculous. Um, and so then it sort of comes, yeah, it comes, I think it's a really good thing from... Gabrielle Stafford, she she put up, you know, she said it sort of was affecting her mental health um, and obviously there's a huge correlation between mental health and physical performance and it's like if your yeah. mental health's down, you know, you stress, you're stressing a lot, you know, she, there's media stuff, there's going to be well, she stuff all in nearly, the media. Uh, she said nearly derailed her Olympics. Yes, like, yeah. So because obviously it would be a, a huge thing in that group. Like if that happened yeah. to someone in our group, like I don't know. Yeah. It would disrupt training th- so much. For sure. And I think our group, if that happened in, in Melbourne Track Club, someone came out, I think they'd just be they'd just be booted out and that'd be it. Yeah. They'd just be like, all right, well, you know, you're no longer a part of our group. Um, and there certainly wouldn't be, you know, I know for a fact anyone that I'm close to in MTC, they wouldn't be putting up posts being like, we support, we know they're right. It's like, yeah, you know. Fucking, I I know Joel would always get the awful burritos at that weird Brunswick food food van. Yeah, it's like no, exactly. it's fucking it's bullshit. Um, it yeah, it's just it's just in, interesting. You know, she's obviously made that call and for her, she's put herself first and just been like, no, nah, this isn't good. This isn't good for me. I can't be in this environment anymore. Yeah, and I think like it's a big thing to to leave Bauman. Like they're a group where they. I don't know, make big sacrifices, like go away on huge training camps. Like they're like a very strict group. The coach is very strict on what you do and, and but they get results. Like she she came, I think, fifth at the Olympics. Yeah, um, super successful. Yeah, and and now she's like, and like their whole group is like, like they, I don't know, they act like they're a big group and like it's has to be, to be a part of the group and you're going to get results and, and now it's like, I'm giving that away because of this cloud that's, Looming over me, which I think is a good thing because I don't like I don't want athletics to become like cycling or or even like some of the, even the athletic countries where it's like 
if you get done for drugs, it's like, oh, bad luck, better luck next yeah. time. It, yeah, it should be exactly. like athletics. I want it to be like a sport where it's like, if you get done for drugs, it's like, see ya. Like, hopefully you never come back. Exactly right. You, you're thrown to the walls. It's like, all right, you know, piss off. You're done. Um, as opposed to, yeah, cycling. It's just like, well, cycling, it's like someone wins a race and it's like they're on drugs. And it's like, what? You don't want to be in a sport like that. And running isn't like that, um, thankfully. Well, not, yeah, not really. Um, not Certainly not as much as cycling. But it, oh, it's coming a bit more, more like Exactly. Honest, it's slow, slowly, slowly becoming so. I, I also find it interesting from an outside perspective. I know like we, especially we get like a lot of questions about MTC and, and all that, like people are really interested. It's like Melbourne Track Club's like, a, it's a big group. And there's, from the outside, you might like look at it and just be like, they're this, this one big family. Everyone's got the same, you know, mentality and all that. And it's like, that's not the case. And, you, you know, people might look as the same with Bowman. People might be looking out when this news broke and they're just thinking, oh, look, you know, what are Bowman doing? The, the individual athletes could all be like, you know, this is fucking bullshit. You know, like we don't, we, you know, want to, when we're out, yeah. we don't support this at all. But it's like, it's, you, you, you don't really have your individual, um, you know, you 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 sort of have to just follow the the idea of the group. Yeah, it's like a group as a whole that make a decision, not you. Exactly, exactly yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and if they're you know they you know whether staying quiet about the situation um, is the same as sort of I don't think staying quiet is the same as supporting it. Definitely not. You just have sort of you just have a lot of them are just probably like, well that doesn't concern me. I'm just going to get my work done. But obviously for Stafford, who's she's just coming out and publicly saying. I'm leaving and uh, you know what? Bloody good on her for saying that's the reason why because yeah, she wouldn't exactly. have had to. She could have yeah. just said, oh, I'm leaving but she's actually made a point yeah. of 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 giving the re- reason why and yeah, I think that's that's really yeah, brave. Which is good for the sport. Exactly right. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, in, an interesting one. Um, we had another, yeah, this another anonymous question here. Um, so, said, there's often a lot of talk about Australia's great marathoners, Deke and Mona. People love to hypothesize about why they were so good and why 30 years later we're still yet to see someone get really close to their marathon times. The people most often compared to Deke and Mona in this situation is Brett and Jack. So do you have any thoughts on this? Um, you know, like why do you think they were so good and how do you think, say, you guys can get to the same level of those two? This is obviously, yeah. I can't. Answer, this isn't a question for me. But um, I get, yeah, yeah what do you think? I can. I can, can give my opinion. Yeah, I can give. Um, I'll just give my opinion in the beginning. Um, Brett and Jack are nowhere near as good as those two. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> um, and I will. Mona actually used to say it all the time that Craig Mottram killed um, marathon running in Australia because he, like, he started running the five k. Then all of a sudden, every single young kid wanted to run the five k or the fifteen hundred. Yeah. So um, it's. Like when you look now, like I ran my first marathon at maybe 27 um, where Mono and that were all running marathons well before they were 25. Like I think Deke ran 208 when he was 24. Like he started marathoning really yeah. early. Um, Mono ran his first one at 23, I think. So it's it's like a different, I don't know, culture change within athletics um, in Australia where we run track and then we run marathon later where they were like yeah. wanting to run marathons when they were younger um, yeah. and more in their peak. Like I know like Collis and Benny Saint, they waited, waited way too long and like they were already kind of on the downhill a little bit and they were like, all right, let's go and run a marathon. It's like, no, 
Like the marathon's a proper yeah. event where you yeah. have to put your body through a lot. You can't wait until your body can't even do the track races or the track training to now go do mar- put more load through your body. So I think that's a problem that and, – and Jack, like he's like one that has started marathoning early. So Jack's done the other. Jack's done the other thing, and now gone back he's, to the track. He's yeah. gone ran, ran a ran a successful marathon, and then had a few injuries like leading up to other other marathons. He's like, I'll go back to the track, break the ten k record. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what, but like honestly, I think me and Jack can both break the marathon record. Um, like we run faster over five k, ten k, half marathon. I just think. We need it's a matter a few of more time. marathons. Yeah, to yeah. get into it, and and hopefully, like before my body starts going downhill. Yeah, one thing I've said, I've said this to you and Jack many times. Um, it's going to be so interesting. Whoever breaks, and there are look, it's not just you and Jack. There's still other. There are other runners that could do it. You know, Lee, bloody Liam. You got Liam Adams, and who like. Just who, who knows? If I was if I was to put money on it, I would say it would be either you or Jack, definitely. Um, but you can't discount everyone else. But I would say that whoever breaks that marathon record first is going to have such a huge like influx of you know support and you know fame in the running world. And it'd be really quite sad for, for example, say you broke it next year. I'm sure to be on the news. Like it would have to be on the news. It's like it's been held for that long. There'd be, you know, stories about you everywhere. And then imagine Jack breaks your record like six months later mm. and it's just, but it's not the same. It's like whoever breaks it, whoever breaks it first, that's going to be the huge big thing. Yeah. But, it, but it's what happens though. Like it's every time someone like breaks a record or like breaks a barrier, it changes everyone's thinking. Like yeah, Jack like the seven fifteen the other day, and now everyone's gone. All right, that's what the standard is now. Like, yeah, I I want to run this race. I think I can run near that. Stewie's probably thinking yeah. I can run that. Pat's thinking I can run that. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Australian ten k record gets broken a few times. Like, yeah, when I ran the half marathon record, and then like Pat ran a PB not long later. And like, yeah, so so Pat ran. I think has the second fastest time now um, on a yeah. legal course. So. Like it's just kind of the 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 goalposts like get moved, but everyone just yeah. kind of. Um, I remember even that from when you were when you did your first half marathon. You ran sixty four minutes, and right was it Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. And you were like, oh, and you were like, oh, was that pretty? I was like, how hard was that? And you're like, yeah, it was fairly, fairly solid. Like you're like, it wasn't like easy and you were obviously new to it. And then I did mine and I still like when I ran 62 and I remember you met like the message you said, you were just like, what the fuck, Joel? How'd you do that? Because you're comparing, it's like, how the fuck did Joel run two minutes faster than me yeah. at Melbourne? And then it's like the year later, then you run 59, 57. It's like, oh, that's, you know, it's yeah, just yeah, sort yeah. of like, <laughs> it's, um, you know. Yeah. Well, and like Jack ran like 61. When J- that was, that was like that. crazy. Yeah, yeah everyone was just like, like how I'm did like, he do that? And I'm just like, well, yeah, I train with this guy. So, but and if he can do that, then I can. Yeah. And then, well, like, this, yeah, like, well, even like Liam kept running like 212, 211 or something like that. And then me and Jack ran a good marathon. And then Liam comes yeah. out and runs faster. Yeah. Um, so I think when one of us ends up nailing a, a, a marathon, and then all yeah. of a sudden, there's going to be a few guys running really quick. Yeah, yeah. So, and there, it definitely is that shift now. I think in the last, as as um, Mona said, that Mottram killed marathon, and he probably yeah. he did for like a decade. Um, you yeah. know, you look at the times of the guys that were going to say London 
Olympics and Rio Olympics for the marathon, the times they were running now. And it's like now you've got all these young, younger guys, you know, like I still haven't done one, but I'm, I'm training up for one this year. You know, you've got um, Ed Goddard, young guy who's just run, what do you run, 214? Yep. Was it 214? 213. Yeah. I think 213. And then you've got that uh, Reese Edwards guy who yeah. lives over in the UK that no nobody knows about, but he's you know, he's run 213. And yeah. so there's a, there's a big sort of influx of younger guys now that aren't aren't focusing on track. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully that that is changing. Yeah. And it, but it's also like like I, I don't know, I get a little annoyed when people are like comparing me and Jack to um, like Mourner and 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 Deeks because they're like, oh yeah, like we're not as good. But I'm like, no. When I was 24, like I was like in the Olympic 5K final. Yeah. Like yeah, Moner and Deek weren't doing that. Yeah. I, I had yeah, different goals so to them. They, yeah. they didn't want to be doing it. Um, yeah. They, they didn't want to be. They want to be marathon runners. I wanted to be a 5K exactly. runner. Exactly. So now, yeah. now I want to be a marathon runner. So now yeah. I want to go. Yeah. So that's true. Get that record. <laughs> Love that you heard it. I'm, sick, I'm so sick of the questions, to be honest about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, then I know great. as soon as I go, as soon as I do it, they're going to be going, "Oh, the shoes." <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you go, "Yeah, your course is bloody maybe." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure my half marathon times like fucking five on the all-time list when you take away all those weird ones. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah. So. Tom Glover asks, how does one prepare for the late afternoon slash early evening race? And he's talking in terms of, say, food and sleep and, yeah, general prep. What do you reckon? It is, oh, yeah, it is, it is um, especially now because I don't really do many evening races. Like every single race seems to be a road race in the morning. And then when I do a track race, I'm just like, what do I do? I, like, yeah. how do you, it's like you got to think about what you eat all day, Um time when you have coffee and stuff like that so um i i usually go for like a 10 15 minute jog in the morning as well i'll get up and then just go for a really light slow jog just get the legs moving um especially if you haven't done much in the days before you can kind of start feeling a bit sluggish so um yeah get the legs moving and then i don't know just eat like normal food that isn't gonna I don't don't need a curry for lunch when you got a five yeah. k on the track that night, um, and then yeah, timing some caffeine is probably the other thing because um, I guess I tried to do what I do for a morning session or a race and then have like caffeine and food at the same time. Um, probably means you're not going to sleep very well that night, but yeah, it's yeah that's the worst thing is sleeping having caffeine at night. Yeah, and then trying to trying to sleep. Yeah, I I think for for me one thing that I do because I have like the four hour rule before, right? Yeah. Well, I sort of eat. I have my last big meal four hours, or it's like three and a half to four hours before warm up. You know, but that's what one thing that people always forget. They always do it from the time of they race, so they think okay, it's three hours before the race, and it's like yeah, but you. Sh- it's like then you're jogging. If, if you've stuffed that up, say you've like it's two hours before your race, it's like, well, you've forgotten that you warm up 45 minutes before the race. Yeah. Well, do you honest, do it I before warm up or before race? I do it before yeah, race. Yeah. So I always do it before warm up recently yeah. because I've stuffed it up in the past where I've gone and then I'm like, oh shit, why can I feel that rice yeah. in my stomach? Because I've forgotten it's like I'm jogging 50 minutes before the race. Yeah. I don't like, so I usually feel a little bit sick in the kind of warm up 
Warm just up. from food, yeah. but it's just, I don't know. It seems to be, by, by the time I go for a jog and and do my warm-up, then I am fi- I feel fine by the time the race comes. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's also practicing, like trying to keep it things as familiar as possible. Like, yes. No, there is you, no blanket r- rule yeah, but that if, this, if you can, this works. If you eat three hours before, usually, um, yeah. then do that for a night race too. Don't, don't go just changing yeah. things. Like your body wants to just do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, one one thing I've found in like my last couple of night races or well, the last few night races, um, what were they? Yeah, what? Are, how many? I, don't, I suppose all my races this year were night, like yeah, Zatapec, the 5K in Adelaide. Yeah, oh, gross. Um, and I would only have like two meals during the day because so usually you have breakfast, lunch and dinner, but because you're racing around the dinner time. So then that four hour, if you go four hours before, then it's like a, it's a sort of, you're eating like 3 p.m. Yeah. And then if you've, so how are you going to have breakfast and lunch before 3 p.m.? So it's like that just becomes like a dinner and lunch combined. And then I would sleep in because I don't want to have to set an alarm and wake up when I'm racing at night. I'd want to have a good sleep in. So I sort of having brekkie at say 10 or, yeah. you know, nine or 10 and then having that second meal. At lunch. But one thing I don't do that you, I think, do is I don't have caffeine during the day. Yeah, because so I just feel like I have my, if I don't have my morning coffee, I'm just going to feel like shit. So, Which is what I do. I feel like shit the whole race day and I sort of have that, that I just feel tired and all that and it just means that then when I have, um, when I have coffee. It's, what's so funny is me talking about this, but my last two night races went yeah, like absolute shit. Thinking. So it's, yeah, here I'm talking about, at least I can say that I did the exact same thing in Adelaide and Zatapec when I ran two PBs. Yeah. So it can't be the prep. Um, but yeah. Um, so from Sam Friend, do you recommend cross training, swimming, cycling? And if so, which day? Do it as a re- on a rest day or? Yeah, def- definitely for me, um, I will come here. Yeah, I suppose we'll answer that. if you're injured, you should be cross training. Yeah. You know, like if you're, in, if you're, if you can't, um, put weight through your foot cause you've got some sort of stress there, you know, you should be water running or swimming or if you're, if, if your physician is there that you can ride, then ride. Um, but I think for someone like me who can only manage like in this sort of last six months, my peak weeks have been 120 K. Um, and that's with two double runs, you know, I can only, I'm sort of, I reach my limit about 120 K a week. So it's like, I should be cross training to get some more aerobic training in that say Brett, when Brett's running 170 or 160 K, that's an extra 40 K a week he's getting. And it's like, well, if my body can't handle that running load, I should be swimming, which is why I was swimming and cycling on top. You know, I'd swim once or twice a week and I'd cycle twice a week, um, yeah, yeah. In the, yeah, in the lead up to Zatapec, I was doing that a lot. Exactly. It's just like it's depending on what your body can handle. Um, but yeah, if if you feel like you get niggles, getting injured, getting um, just sore from from all running, replace that with a with a cross training day. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, and it depends what you're getting ready for. Like if you're doing a marathon, um, you want to be able to get a lot of running in. But yeah, but if you need to get extra. Aerobic training, yeah. yeah do, uh, but on, on in terms of days, um, yeah, it depends why you're doing it. If if you're having a rest day because you're doing a lot of running and it's supposed to be a rest, then I would just have a yeah. rest. 
But um, yeah, you're not supposed to then go out and smash yourself yeah. on the bike because it's like even though the impact's not the same, your body's not recovering. Yeah, but it, but if you're having a rest day because you're not used to running high Ks yet, um, um, so you can only run three times a week, then maybe adding a few cross training days in can be good too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think also you know like coming me coming off this injury now, I've got a race in four week or five weeks. Um, at Sydney Half Marathon, and it's like I want to sort of jump pretty pretty quickly straight into full training, but I can't go absolutely full, so I won't be doing doubles in my first week. So Collis was like, "Okay, we need you on the cross trainer machine." So instead of like you know, I do my all my morning runs, so I might only hit ninety to hundred k, but then instead of running that extra twenty thirty k a week from doubles, I'm going to be on the cross trainer. Yeah. So it's sort of yeah, trying to trying to find that extra load. Um, elsewhere but yeah it's funny when i when i would like go for rides i'd like you know put it up on instagram or whatever because i'm you know always looking for social media clout <laughs> and and people i'd have so many messages from people being like injured again injured again yeah. and i'm like no i'm just cross training but then it, then with a knee i put, put a picture of me swimming that injured again and i'm like yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't cross train at all do you nah I don't. Because you don't need. I suppose you yeah, don't need to. But, do you? So when I did cross train because I was injured before Melbourne, I was enjoying it and I wanted to keep doing some cycling just because I was enjoying it. But yeah. then, but I enjoy running as well. And once I am just doing all running, that's all I want to do yeah. really. Um, but yeah. I, like it's been years of training my body. How many Ks, like when we, because you and I were obviously doing quite a lot of cycling together then. And I was like, I was in you know, getting close to full training and but you were in your marathon block. Were you running like 130, 140K a week with cycling? Or? Um, yeah, some of them, like one week I did like 160 plus 350K on the bike. Wow. And, and then yeah. I was, it was way too much. <laughs> like that load yeah. was just way too high. But um, yeah, there was weeks where I was doing, I don't know, I was still running, I was still running probably 140, but um, yeah, I just, yeah was doing, getting that extra with the bike. Yeah. It is interesting as well. Like people get so attached to, um, they think there's like, you know, blanket rule for for how many Ks you need to do for, for a marathon. And it's like, you know, we, we talked about this in the interview with Charlotte. Yeah. When, you know, she she ran her PB off. Obviously, she's still getting Ks in her legs. You know, you can't, no one's going to run a marathon, a, a really fast marathon running 60 or 80K a week and doing some rides. You still need to be loading up your your body as much as it can handle. I think yeah. that's the main thing is, you know, like for me, when I do my, if, if when I do my debut marathon this year, I'm going to have to cross train because yeah, my exactly. body can't handle 170K a week. And I suppose we just don't know, do we? You know, I might run really good and I might run 100, you know, like the, the, Robertson brothers from New Zealand, what do they sort of run at? Like 140K? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Um, I reckon their GPS watches just don't work or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they seem to run a bit less, but um, a bit more intense or something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, and finishing us off this week, underscore bangers asks long runs with AirPods in, yes or no? Um, yeah, I don't. I barely ever run with music. I don't know why. Like, even if I'm running by myself, I'm just. I don't know. I just go out and just think. Yeah. Think to myself. Because you um, don't have any. Because you don't have any thoughts going on. Yeah. <laughs> just a monkey clapping. You just got. You <laughs> just got the monkey with the cymbals. Uh, Whereas I got a monkey with like nine drum kits. 
No, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't have music on my like I got. I do have watches that have music on them, but um, the watch. And you are really into music. Yeah, you, but, you play you play music a lot, and we we talk about music quite a bit. Obviously, me and you're massively into electronic music. Yeah, I don't know. But it's I funny just, that you don't. I'm not really into podcasts, so. Nah, I love them. I love, yeah, all the, I love one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just listen to ourselves. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't. I, I do quite a lot. Like pretty much, if I'm if I'm running by myself, I have music in all the time. However, the question said AirPods. Um, I use uh, <laughs> far better headphones than fucking AirPods. So, so Stewie, yeah. Stewie Mac, you will like warm up with him, and he'll. Put his AirPods in, and yeah, like, he'll be like, um, "Before that five, he doesn't do that with me, mate." Before, yeah, before that five k, like, he's like, "Oh, do you want to walk together?" I'm like, "Yep, yeah, let me know when you want to go." And then he's like, "All right, cool." And then he puts the AirPods in. He goes, "All right, let's go." I'm like, "Sick!" <laughs> like, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, so some people, yeah, people have like, yeah, people lo- love running with music, and others don't. Um, I do definitely find like if I'm on a long run. I will like especially out in Yarra Flats and stuff if I'm going by myself. When I get to like a really nice or even up at Fernie when I've done some I've done some solo running in Fernie. It's like when I get to a really nice part of a trail, I will take the headphones out because I want to hear the nature. Oh, really? Like I, I just yeah, I'm not kidding. I think that's I really like I if yeah. Well I'm pretty strange. Like I see like the beautiful birds and I'm like, I want to hear their I want to hear the song of their people. So I take the <laughs> headphones out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That might do us for uh, for yeah Q and A session seven. seven. Yeah, that's it. We'll be back next week. Next week. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>